keeping America's farmers and ranchers informed on AOA. Now back to Mike Pearson. Welcome back, folks. Thanks for tuning in to AOA. You know, that 22 harvest rolls on and corn growers across this country are working to bring in that crop. And our friends at NCGA are working to make sure that crop has ample homes in markets here, both domestically and around the world. We're going to check in on both of those issues right now. Joining us for this segment is farmer Chad Epler. He's here today. He serves on the market action team farms. And Chad, I understand you might be in a combine this morning. How are things looking? Well, I don't think we've got Chad quite on the line yet, but we'll be getting him here in just a second. In the meantime, we do have Sarah McKay from the National Corn Growers Association on the line. Sarah, you were down in Manhattan, Kansas this week for a pretty interesting event. Tell us, what were you doing? Good morning. Yes, the Market Development Action Team um, has sponsored for quite a while now a lot of efforts in the pet food industry, talking about the use of corn not only in pet um foods and pet diets, but also in pet packaging and, and pet products. So it's really um, was an interesting opportunity. We've we've sponsored similar events and every year we, every year we go to the Pet Food Forum. But this year um, we were a sponsor of the, the KibbleCon event in Manhattan, Kansas, which brought together researchers and <clears throat> academics from across the, the industry to talk about uh, pet food. And, and we were there to talk about corn and pet food. And what a home it is. Sarah, corn is no stranger to the pet food industry. How much does that group or does that industry currently use? Yeah, so if you look at the back of a, a pet food um, bag or whether it's uh, dog food or, or cat food, you'll notice that there's usually corn, corn gluten meal, which is soon to be called corn protein meal, um, or dried distillers grains and other corn byproducts as well in the in the pet food diet. So um, corn is actually the dominant plant-based carbohydrate um, used in, in the pet food industry using about 1.2 um, billion tons of corn in the, in the pet food diet. And then corn gluten meal um, is the dominant plant-based protein ingredient using um, just shy of 500,000 tons um, on an annual basis. That's fantastic. It's so great to find these uses for this massive American crop. And I'm curious, Chad Epler on the line now. Chad, how is that crop coming? Are you in a combine today? Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, be on a combine um, here shortly. We got everything ready this morning, but we are actually uh, cutting soybeans now. Uh, corn crop is done. Uh, wasn't a very good crop, but you know what? It's really hard when Mother Nature decides to uh, not cooperate. So you do the very best you can, and, and uh, that's just kind of where we were at this year. That's the thing. A farmer can only do so much on the production side if Mother Nature is not going to cooperate. But, Chad, farmers can also work on that market development side. And I know you serve on the market action team there at NCGA. Why are you a member of that committee? Certainly thought that I always thought that this was for somebody else. And um, I served as, as a teacher in organizations and, and continued to serve in the community. But this was a whole nother thing. And when I was asked to be a part of uh, KCGA here in Kansas, uh, I was reluctant. But you know what? Somebody needs to step up. And I thought, why not me? And uh, so I've got involved with uh, NCGA through my um, Kansas Corn Board Association. Uh, just want, want to be a part of the solution. And we need people standing up for agriculture and for farmers. And if we don't do it, I'm not sure who's going to. 
That's a great point, Chad. And as you say, you've been in a combine this past week. There's no way for you to get out, get to Manhattan, Kansas, talk about the benefit of corn in pet rations. But NCGA has those people. Sarah McKay is one of them. And Sarah, let's talk a little bit about the conversations you had with the, the attendees there in Kansas. What's the perception of corn in the pet food industry? Yeah, thanks so much. You know, a lot of the work that we've been doing, we've been trying to really debunk a lot of those myths around corn and pet food. You know, corn has been used in pet food diets for for decades, if not, you know, centuries, and has been, um, you know, we, we try to displace a lot of these misconceptions that corn is bad for, for pets. And, you know, it's a four-letter word, as they say, in the pet food industry. So we've been working really hard to talk about um, the, the value of, of the protein content of corn, the value in the diet for, for an energy source. Uh, we talk about the antioxidant profile and also the positive impacts it can have on gut health. And that's just in the pet food diet. And um, we also talk about some of these high-protein DDG products that can come out of um, the ethanol space and, and um, not only in the pet food, but beyond the bowl applications. We spend a lot of time talking, too, about how corn can be a plant-based solution for sustainable packaging options. You know, right now, a lot of our um, packaging is, is, is petroleum-based, and there's a, a huge opportunity for, for the pet food packages to be made from um, plant-based and sustainable sources, such as corn. Absolutely. And that plant-based packaging uh, area, Sarah, is so fascinating to see. What sort of developments are you tracking there on the market action team that could lead to additional usage for corn in packaging? Yeah, so we look at a lot of different opportunities, whether it's replacing the polyethylene, which is the outside, you'll, you'll notice kind of that shiny plastic when you pick up your, your dog food bag. Um, but we talk about not only making um, that packaging from a plant-based source and sustainable um, packaging options from corn, but also making it um, an improved product. So um, a lot of these uh, polymers that are being developed that could be used in this renewable packaging, they're actually being shown to have better <clears throat> CO2 and oxygen barriers um, that really will help keep that food fresher. Interesting. So it's not just a perception or a sustainability claim to consumers. There are legitimate scientific advantages and benefits to using corn and bio-based packaging. Absolutely. And so that's where we really try to focus on the performance advantage side of these products. And, you know, it's it helps keep moisture um, in or out in some cases and also really helps lead to a better product overall with a better um, end of life story as well. So we really try to focus when we're at these events, not just the quality and um, the value of corn in the pet food diet, but like I said, those beyond the bowl applications and pet products, everything from pickup bags that can be made from cornstarch. That's usually a, a, a giveaway that we give as well as these options for for, for corn-based packaging. It's fantastic to see this kind of outreach happening inside industries that are that are out of agriculture and that can always learn something new about what we're developing. Chad, I'm curious, a lot of these conversations we have building new markets, they, they take time and you don't see those results immediately. I'm wondering, in your operation, have there been places where you've seen work done by market development experts that have returned to benefit to your operation? Well, one of the things that, that we try to do is, uh, you know, we're always looking for that, that market um, for not only our crop, but for the, you know, the regional crop. And, and certainly going right back to pet food, um, I want to touch, you know, just a second, you know, bottom line, people care about their pets. They care about the digestive system, hair quality, healthy weight, um, and they're less likely to have allergies. I'm a pet owner. All of my family owns pets. And because of corn, that can add that that rich flavor, uh, tastes better, they're more, more palatable, uh, gluten-free, you know, and what we're producing out here in the cornfield, 
will enable us to go out and purchase, you know, products, pet food products made out of corn. And um, the bottom line, people people care about their pets and they want what is best for their pets. And I'm no exception to that. Well, and, and me either. I've got my pups sitting at my feet right now here while we're on the air because they do. They are a part of the family in a lot of different ways. And Sarah, I'm curious, those conversations at changing the tone around corn, do you feel like it's going in the right direction? That usage is poised to grow? I do. You know, I think there's a lot of um, one of the most recent things that we worked on with AFCO, which is um, the Association of Feed Control Officers, and they work in conjunction with FDA, is to um, have an alternative name to corn gluten meal be corn protein meal. There's this misconception that corn has gluten in it because of the the name corn gluten meal. Um, and so we've worked really hard to really emphasize that that protein content because we had done some marketing studies in conjunction with, with the pet food industry that kind of showed that consumers shied away from um, products that said corn gluten meal on the back because they were worried that Fluffy or Fido might have a gluten allergy. So, um, you know, that's something that we've definitely um, are, are trying to to spread the better word about corn and pet food. And, and I do see <clears throat> the... Um, attitude towards corn and pet food starting to become um, a little less hostile. And and two, we, we also try to focus on growing demand for um, protein and, and animal products and meat products in the, in the pet food space because that's just value-added corn. It certainly is. And that's what it's all about, keeping that value here, providing it, returning it to American farmers. Uh, Sarah, when will we see that change in the name from corn gluten meal to corn protein meal on packaging? It'll probably take quite a few years. We have to also make sure that we're um, in in conjunction with uh, trade regulations and, and getting that changed for our trade agreements, because actually a lot of pet food is exported um, in the United States as well. And we see that growing internationally, that demand for pet food. So it'll happen slowly over the next couple of years. We have to get the, the packaging switched over and all the um, the companies, they can choose whether or not they want to, to use that alternative naming mechanism. All right. Well, folks, thank you so much for the update. We've been speaking with Sarah McKay, the Director of uh, Market Development at National Corn Growers Association, and Chad Epler, Kansas Farmer uh, Market Access Team Board Member. Both of you, thanks so much for joining us for this update on corn in pet food. And Chad, stay safe in that combine out there over this next week. Folks, stay tuned. We're going to be checking in with John Holzman, geopolitical strategist, about the ramifications in China when AOA returns.